Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And in that light, I am always scouring the globe, looking for entrepreneurs, business owners, doing things on the cutting edge and changing the world. So today we are going to talk all about franchises and franchising. We've had several guests in the past, and today we have Liz Leonard, and she's a franchise advisor. She also owns a franchise, and she's an entrepreneur. And so I think her lessons and insights will be extremely valuable for the audience. So Liz, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, You know, we have so many, you have so much uh, to talk about. And uh, so tell us more about your story, your background, uh, how you got started, your business, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I think I can do it in like two minutes. So let's see if I can get this all out. Um, I am a teacher by college, just I think it's kind of curious to know where I kind of originated and where your life ends up, right? This full circle. And I ended up uh, marrying my husband, Paul. We've been married 25 years started our first business when our girls were four and seven. Now they're in their mid twenties and, you know, really scary stuff opening a business, but we did a $1.2 million independent business, not franchise. And it was a childcare center. And a lot of people think, oh my gosh, childcare. Why would you want to get into that? Well, I'll tell you why I worked in healthcare for 22 years. I worked with doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, the list goes on and on. And I heard almost every day at the hospital, I worked there for four and a half years, that, you know, Liz, we just moved here from, we're outside of the country, where are we going to place our children? And there was not a lot of options. Skipping ahead, fast forward, we opened a child care center in 07. When the recession hit, I do want to emphasize recession. Now, the child care industry basically, you know, made it through that recession. It was a strong industry, which is really surprising, but moms had to go back to work. So we built that from the ground up. We bought the real estate. We were all in raising young kids, scary times. Then we get an offer from a CEO at a bank and his wife to buy our business. And we sold the operating company. So big, bold move. And then you say, you know, you've got a fork in the road. What are we going to do? We're going to go back to corporate America. Are we going to take the money and run? Are we going to take the money and invest it in something else? So we actually took the money and invested it in self-storage. So we actually transitioned from obviously having childcare slots and 140 children and 22 degree teachers to self-storage, which had zero employees. I'll just emphasize that one too. 
So that was attractive. We actually sold the self-storage business last year. Everybody's looking for self-storage. Everybody, all investors. And he made us a great offer. We sold it. And back in 2015, when we were looking at you know businesses to buy, we looked at franchising, which is really how I got to where I am today. And we didn't want to do another startup. It's like everything you read in the textbooks, everything you hear from people you know, it's hard. It's really hard. So we said, franchising, turnkey systems, this has got to be easier. And I had a phone call with a woman in North Carolina, and her name was Sue. And she said, oh, I'd love to help you guys. And I said, well, I, I, I could be a challenge. I don't want any employees because I just finished managing 22 women. Now, these women all had, all had degrees, um, but 22 women was really the hardest thing that I think I've ever done in my life so far, managing just, I'm, I'm not good at it. So she said, oh, wow, okay, let me take a look. Let's work together. Let's figure out what your skill set is, your investment level, where you live. And she came back with some brands and I said, oh, no, those have employees. No, 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 no. Um, she said, a couple weeks later, she called me back. She said, you're definitely a challenge. You were right. Um, why don't you think about being an advisor? She said, you've got the business experience. You want to work hard, but you don't want employees. And she said, you can still pick up a franchise if you want one, which is exactly what we did. We bought a kitchen tune-up franchise, which is in the service brand category. Um, so anyway, that's my almost short story. Maria, it sounds like you've had two or three very successful exits, you know, and you, um, so one thing is, uh, talking about, you know, franchise, you know, a lot of people are really interested. So who succeeds in franchising? Yes. So one of the big things in franchising that I always remind any candidate that I'm working with is the U factor. The U factor is worth gold. And if you're willing to put the time in the energy, follow the system, ask for help, and really try to be successful, it's going to happen, right? And you need to have enough working capital. There's the finance side of it too, right? But I think that I would like to, again, really spend some time talking about the U factor because there are many people that started out on a very, you know, small working capital loan and they've done amazing things just by working hard and building the right team and doing the right thing. So that's a loaded question, uh, Chris. Uh, I don't know if that's the answer that you're looking for, but you know, you want to make sure that, you know, the franchise partner that you're choosing is everything that you want. And that's where, again, advising, there's so many pieces to it. It takes at least, you know, six weeks to uncover that that partnership and make sure it's a good fit. Yeah. And um, what uh, what are some of the um, advantages? Like, why would, you know, you mentioned like startups is really, like I said, entrepreneurs, like, Sometimes you in the years you don't see, but you know what are some advantages of franchise versus you know a startup? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, and I will share a little micro story with you. When we opened that childcare center, I'd never run a school before, and it was an accredited school, so I had to jump through a lot of hoops. And we hired a consultant from California who had never ever done this before. Um, I found her through networking. And of course, networking back in the day in 2005 and 2006 on the internet was much smaller than it is today. But I was able to find her. She had 14 schools in the Silicon Valley, all employer sponsored. So Google, Yahoo, Stanford University, I mean, stellar clients. And I flew out to California and met her. And I said, I'm really scared about starting my own business. I've never done this before. You know, I have the confidence 
we're we're going to be get it, getting the loan uh, through the SBA, but I really want somebody to help me to make sure that I'm successful. But the biggest ask for her was, I feel like I'm alone and I don't want to be alone. And I said, I really would like to use your systems if you would allow me and I'll pay you for them. So mm-hmm. lo and behold, after three or four meetings and trips to Maine and California, she said, I really like you. I love your energy level. And she said, I'm going to help you. And she said, uh, you're, I'm going to charge you $65,000. She said, but I'll be there with you for the entire year. I will help you from soup to nuts. You can have my vendor relationships, which is kind of, you know, ringing true to franchising. And all my systems, my handbooks, everything will help you with the build out, project management. So in my mind, I thought, okay, this feels better. I'm in business for myself, but I'm not alone. I can call her with anything. And that's a great example that rings true with franchising. You're in business for yourself, but you're not by yourself. Everything is there for you. You get to make a choice whether you access it, you execute, whether you implement it, it's going to be up to you. So I've done both now. And I would say that, you know, franchising, you have a big family across the country. I mean, depending on the size of the franchise, you can align yourself with some of the top performers and they can become your best friends and you can pick up lots of tricks you know, everything that you need to know if that's who you want to be, right? Do you want to be in the top performer tier or are you okay in the middle? Um, So I would say one of the biggest benefits of franchising is having people to call, having a support system, the training, turnkey systems, and the track record of the company. Yeah. And um, what you, so now that we covered some of the basics of franchise, what are some, uh, how do I, how do I find the franchise? Like, industry like brand name how do i go about there's like you know thousands of these yeah it's like being out in the middle of the ocean going okay how do i get home <laughs> where, yeah. where do i find it right where, where do i find the bright light so i mean you know there's a couple thousand franchise companies out there now and it is really hard to know some people you know think about franchising they want to look at something they're passionate about and you have to ask yourself do i want a business that i'm passionate about or do i want a business that's demand driven you know the industry is proven you know i understand the ticket price i understand the margins i understand the overhead so there's a lot of qualifiers i think that go into finding that brand and you know the internet i tell everybody it's a very dangerous place like the minute you put your name on the internet it's like sold to like 10 people and then you get 10 people calling you and you're so annoyed that you even put your name out there so by working with an advisor like myself we're here to actually match you with companies and there is a little bit of a science to it so we have a skills assessment that we have people take first thing we do let's find out if you actually have the skills to to open a business and manage a business and own a business So if we don't have any of those, then we need to kind of think twice about what we're looking at, right? And are you going to have an active role in the business? So, you know, two things that franchise companies look for, two major things are the investment to make sure that you're qualified financially. But what about the time investment? Who's going to do the work? You know, we call it the heavy lifting in the front of opening a business, right? You got to launch it. Who's going to do that work? So we need to understand those kind of two qualifiers right out of the gate. And we need to make sure that we can help them get financially qualified, which we work with five or six national lending partners, and all they do is franchising. And then we do a 60-minute consultation meeting, which is really, in my mind, like almost vision boarding. What do you want this business to do for you? It's going to take you places. What's your end goal? 
And in amongst that, getting from the beginning to the end goal, we want to talk about the employees. We want to talk about your management experience. We want to really understand, are you going to be an active owner? Um, Are you looking for a semi-absentee model that you might need to work 20 or 25 hours a week? Uh, We talk about risk tolerance. We talk about, again, the money side of it. So we go right down through from, again, top to bottom, everything that you're going to be faced with. And then is it real? And the biggest thing that the hurdle for people, and we have this conversation is fear. You know, what are you, what are you most scared of? And let's actually get it out there. Let's talk about it because it's normal. I was scared. I'm sure everybody that starts a business probably has, you know, shaking in their boots a little bit, right? <laughs> so it's like, it's like uh, the analogy is skydiving. It's like, you just, yeah. it's like you're trying to uh, put on a, change a spare tire in the, you know, as you're, you know, falling down. So, and then tell us more about, um, so a lot of people, they, you know, they're doctors, lawyers, you know, dentists, and they, they're actually, they want to diversify their income streams. They want to start, stop trading time for money. And um, can they still keep a job and own a business, get into franchising? Tell us more. Absolutely. Um I have, you know, I have a good percentage of those candidates um, that I'm coaching and advising. And we need to make sure, again, we find the right partner and look at the industry and look at their market um, investment level, the return that they're expecting from the business. And we all know that returns take time. And we have that conversation, too. It's not an immediate, okay, great, here we go. I'm going to make some money. Um, so yes, that would be a semi-absentee model. And they would need to build a management team or bring one with them. So I have a gentleman last year that I worked with. Um, he actually did 13 units of a franchise. He had a full management team. Wow. Brought everybody, CPA, manager, a couple of employees. And so that was really a positive move for him. He could do it. And he owned two other companies. Um, so I think there's a lot of value to that. And I think the diversification point that you brought up, I mean, I know Paul, my husband and I have tried really hard to diversify you know, with everything we've done, every business we've sold, we've parked the money someplace else. And then of course, most people get into business to scale them and to one day sell them. Yeah. Um, I know you talked about, um, and how about, for example, funding options? Uh, you know, it's, this is not, that's not a small chunk of change, you know, usually the startup costs and, you know, all of that. Tell us more about funding options. Yes. So we have five or six national partners that we work with and they will obviously meet with them individually. Other third party people for us to refer them to, but it's a good thing to get out in the beginning in terms of qualification. But it's also a reality check. You know, how much liquid cash do you have to put towards this business? And if you only have X amount, then you're going to be leaning on a debt tool for the rest. And we certainly can, you know, a lot of people have done that option. Um, So we'll help them kind of make that introduction. And then it's up to them what they choose to do, but they'll be ready because most of the franchise companies will ask that question. Have you thought about how you're going to pay for the business yet? And the answer is yes. Liz introduced me to one of her funding partners. I might interview another one, but I have a plan. Here's what it looks like. Yeah. So the, basically there's, you know, there's startup cost, and then basically you have to find the right industry, the right brand. You have to make, you have to look through the contract, make sure everything, what are some things you have to look for in terms of um, when you're um, looking at these? Before you go to the contract, let's not miss an important step here. 
And I don't mean to kind of interrupt with what you said, but I think that people really need to understand validation in investigating franchise opportunities. You'll be interviewing franchisees and you can ask them anything. And to me, this is like one of the most valuable parts to just doing the research is asking these owners, you know, are you happy with the business? You know, how did you finance your business? Did you use a franchise attorney? You know, are you making the money that you expected to make? You know, what is your margin? We have a whole list of questions that we provide for them. They can use them or not use them. Um, But then you get into, you know, the franchise agreements, which can be very overwhelming, but it's regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. It's a very standard process and they they need to read it. Um, And if they choose not to read it, they can hire a franchise attorney to help them kind of read through it. But I think one of the valuable pieces to the franchisor helping with that franchise disclosure document and the agreement is that they'll set up a call. They'll actually go through it line by line with a candidate. And if they have questions that they're wondering, what does this mean to me? What does this language mean? They can get that answer for them. And so it's really nice. And I tell a lot of my candidates, ask for the call, do an FDD review. Interesting. So really interesting conversation. How can how can people contact you, follow you, um, reach out to you? I am on all social media platforms like most of us in this modern day and age. Um, so Liz Leonard Franchise Advisor is my website. I'm on LinkedIn, also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I try to stay as present as I can with posts, but you know, I want to educate people. So if they go looking for me, they'll find a lot of great educational tools that might be helpful if they're thinking about this possible investment for their future. Yeah. And um, let's, like I said, you know, this um, was a great conversation. It's for educational, informational purposes only. Make sure you do your due diligence and do your research before investing in franchises. This is just another option, but be sure to thank um, Liz for her wealth of knowledge and um, be sure to follow her on her socials as well as her website. All the links will be in the resources and show notes. And thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. you are listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week